Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Oh, I'm actually just having a look at Orlando Bloom on Instagram. Uh, (laughs) If you, everyone listening, if you go to his Insta page now, he's just uploaded a photograph of himself just pumping iron with his top off. Oh, well that's (laughs) lovely for a Monday evening, isn't it? (laughs) I feel like Instagram's just crashed and you've only just put it out there and no one can actually hear it because I can't get on it and get on it and see. But that's what I'm about to do. Maybe I'll do it and then everybody will be like, oh my God, Georgia Dayton is just taking a top off in the gym and she's pumping some iron. (laughs) It wouldn't like surprise me because you, that's what you do now. Anyway, I'm with you. How are you? I'm all right. Well, I'm fine. I've had literally no sleep all weekend and not because of any good reasons because Axel's got an earring infection and I'm not joking I saw every hour every single hour Saturday and Sunday night and you know when you're like oh my god but then he's at home with me during the day I don't know if you ever get this your kids are sick and they stay off school and they're like absolutely fine Mm-hmm. And you think, what? I mean, he was uh, he was just arguing with me over everything, you know, like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that like this? Blah, blah, blah. And then he starts arguing with Alexa. And I'm thinking, yeah. wow, wow, you need yeah. to go back to school. He's even disappointed by the Alexa in, uh, in your house. Yes, he's, he's going he's, to Alexa. Alexa, what, what number, you know, who wears number 47 for Liverpool? And she tells him and he goes, no, no, it's not him. Definitely not him. And I think... Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to go back to school, kid. I've got a new head of hair, which oh I'm really God. excited about. Did you see my reel that part up last night? I did. How long is it taking to dry? Right. This is what I didn't want to write. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everything that we were now that we were doing, like those quick easy mum hacks in 15 minutes, add an hour to that now. <laughs> oh, no, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It's just if you leave any part of the the weft wet quite hard to say but if you do it you can start smelling like like a wet labrador (laughs) (laughs) i literally thought you were gonna say oh you know it goes a bit frizzy right okay so it smells like a wet labrador like a damp dog you know like a damp like and 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 also it gets slightly itchy if you don't wash it every like i went for four days without washing it and my scalp was itching and i was like oh i need i like i was using a combed like 
itch it underneath it. So basically, <laughs> the admin is quite a lot. But I figure I'm just going to do it for six weeks. Enjoy yeah. the fact that I've got really lovely thick hair. And then I'm going to think about a, lo- a more low maintenance option. Because let's be honest, I'm a busy mum of three. I just haven't got the time to spend. It takes half an hour to dry it. Right. Can you have it like a little bit less or not? Is that not a thing? You have to have all of it. I think I think I'm going to have tapes next. Oh. So I think tapes are a bit easier and also yeah. get, you know, without using any of the chemicals on your hair and they're like in terms of the damage. So I think I'm going to have tapes and try those out because, um, yeah, I think I'm just going to have fun with this for six weeks. Oh my God, enjoy it. Yeah. Exactly, absolutely enjoy it. But yeah, I, I was thinking about that because I remember, I, my hair's thinner than it used to be for sure. But I remember when I had really thick hair and I, washing my hair was a night, like in the yeah. week. Like, no, sorry, I can't come out tonight. I am actually washing my hair. Yeah. And it was a complete chore. But, you know. But at least I can swish around like I'm Ariana Grande. So at the moment, I don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. You wake up at 4am and wash your hair. (laughs) Needs mask and all that. We need to get into today's conversation because it was one of our longer ones, but that was because it just ran and ran and ran with the most interesting, kind of Mm. inspiring, fascinating conversation. I've got to be honest with you, I think it's one of my favourite ever podcasts. Yeah, me too. And I think we sort of knew what we were going to talk to our guest about. And, you know, she's always very open on social media. But I think what we got from her was actually so raw, so brave, so honest that it actually took me back that she was just there laying it all out. You know, yeah. this this is me. This is where I've, this is what happened to me. This is where I am now. Um, I mean, what I yeah, I was blown away by it. Yeah, I was too. And I think yeah, we'll, we'll have a conversation off the back of it, just talking about our own potentially maybe our own thoughts and feelings around like addictions and stuff which we yeah. covered today but I, fa- I found it really interesting uh, let's get into it Georgia who are we chatting to today today we are chatting to Cat Sims aka not so smug now I feel like this could be tears, laughter, like like a therapy session in many ways, because I I, I know this person intimately. Well, intimately, that sounds like we've had sex. <laughs> I don't know you intimately. I'd well, like we to. we revealing on here. <laughs> and I've already insulted her by saying, oh, have you got um, Invisalign uh, Spark retainers in as well? And she was like, no. I was like, no, of course you haven't. You don't have a list. <laughs> We're very excited to have this wonderful human on the podcast today. Uh, also, I love saying that now. Me too. Um, Instagrammer, blogger, mother, legend. It is Kat, not so smug now. Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. How are you? Oh, do, I'm doing all right, actually. It's, um, you know, it's always up and down, but right now I'm definitely riding the wave. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. I mean, you've had like massive, massive changes in your life taking place. I feel like it would be, it would be uh, maybe a bit abrupt for us to get straight into this, but... You are sober now. I am. In fact, I was seven months sober yesterday. <gasps> this is amazing. Yeah, because I think I saw you when I was about six weeks, like really, yeah. maybe a bit longer, but still very early days, still very much struggling, kind of not struggling, but like finding the whole social thing quite um, yeah. an yeah. adjustment. Um, but yeah, seven months in now and it's I feel completely different. And yeah, it's been the best thing I've ever done. What made you decide 
to make those changes. I mean, like so many of us wake up on a Sunday morning and we think, oh, that's it. I'm never drinking again. I can't do it. You know, my, my mm. body's falling apart. And then by Wednesday, we're like, oh, change my mind. Back on <laughs> back, it. Back I go again. Yeah. So, what you know, what was the point where you thought, no, this is different. I really have to do something. Well, firstly, I'm impressed that you last till Wednesday because I'd wake up on <laughs> Sunday morning and be like, oh, I'm never doing this again. And then <laughs> by Mary? four o'clock, I'll be like, yeah. bloody Mary. Yeah. Um, it, you know, what? it was a gradual process. And I think, you know, the more I assess my drinking career, if I can call it that, the more I realized that I grew up where drinking alcoholically was really normalized. Mm. You know, we didn't have a family get together where we didn't end up shit faced. Right. You know, that was just what we did. And so that's what I thought. I thought you drank to get drunk. And from the age, you know, I think I had my first blackout when I was 13. And I woke up in the morning and I think I'd, this might be a bit, it's a bit full on straight into the podcast, but I puked on the side of the bed and um, my dad was getting me out of bed for something. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't do it. I'm so, I'm so ill. And he's like, you're not ill, you're hungover, you get up and you carry on. So the lesson wasn't don't drink until you black out and puke on the side of your bed. The lesson was if you do that, you still have to get up and do what you need to do, which by the way, I was always great at. Like I always, I never bailed on a hangover. Well, not until the later days, but it, it, that's just how I grew up. And, you know, my parents were wonderful, um, but they were of a different generation where it, there wasn't like dancing in the kitchen and, and hugs and snuggles in bed at the morning, like we do with our kids. It was, you know, it was a bit more removed and I was an only child. So there was lots of stuff going on that kind of made me feel a little bit uh, like I didn't really fit. Um, and then as I got older and started drinking, I realized that helped me fit in. And yeah. I became like this brilliant chameleon where I could walk into a room and I would know exactly what to be and who to be and what to say to fit in and be accepted. And that was fine and it worked for a while, but essentially that's just an exhausting way to live. Mm. And um, I would binge drink and I would go, you know, I was always alive and saw the party. And, and I wasn't ever actually, I was always a really fun drunk. Like, and oh, I no, had, I've seen you drunk. You were really fun. I am a good time. No, you are. Um, I don't know when to stop, but, you know, mm. I, and I had a lot of fun, but essentially I just got to a point where I was like, there have been serious consequences that I've, but for the grace of God, managed to avoid any permanent damage on. But I don't want to keep risking it. You know, addiction is a progressive disease. You don't suddenly get to like one point of your addiction and go, oh, this is as addicted as I'm going to get. You know, yeah. you are eventually, if you're an addict, you're going to find yourself at that rock bottom, no matter how long it takes. So I just realized that I'd seen my mum drink alcoholically she's fine now and I just thought I don't want to be that mum. Would you say that you were fun I mean where would you say your sort of levels of drinking had got to is in were you kind of would you would you label yourself as a functioning alcoholic were you were you yeah. able to go for weeks on end and not drink was it daily where, where were you where were you at? I was sort of everything really I was a binge drinker and a daily drinker um so I would definitely drink every day. I mean, I might every now and again take a day or maybe a couple of days off and then I'd go, well, obviously I'm not an alcoholic because I didn't yeah. drink for two days. It's interesting. Um, but then when I went out, I would not stop. You know, I, I just wouldn't stop. And I remember being at a party and it was like 8 a.m. in the morning because also drugs were a big part of my addiction as well. And um, 
I remember it was eight o'clock in the morning. I was like, come on, let's keep going. And the people who I were like my ride or die party girls were like, I really think we should go to bed now. And I was like, what? No. I mean, I would have kept going until I was in hospital, probably. Really? So it was um so it was daily drinking. I wasn't drinking in the mornings, I wasn't I wasn't hiding booze in the laundry, I wasn't doing any of those things. And I think this is a really important thing. You know, I think a lot of people have this stereotype of what an alcoholic is you know it's an old man on a bench drinking out of a paper bag maybe and you have to have ticked a few boxes before you can go I'm an alcoholic you know maybe it's morning drinking or maybe you've had a been caught drink driving or something like that but that is what I've learned it that's not right and actually when I turn up in the AA rooms most of the people look just like me you know, their mums, their women, there's a lot of women. There are some of those old, you know, old men, of course there are, but there's younger, there's young girls, young boys. I've seen kids in there of 19 working the steps. Um, it's, you know, this is kind of why I'm talking about it because I think so many people don't ask for help when they're struggling because they think of help and they go, well, Alcoholics Anonymous, that's where I go, but I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. They don't want that word associated. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sort of standing here and I'm like, I am an alcoholic and I'm actually a very grateful alcoholic because, you know, it's allowed me, recognizing that has been the point at which I've been able to turn my life, my mental health, my relationship with my kids, my husband, all that's been transformed. I think it's really interesting how we dress up the word alcoholic and or, yeah. you know, if you've got an addiction, like I am an addict. I was addicted to starving myself. Yeah. There was something in the mechanic of restricting being able to run past the fridge and go upstairs and get into bed starving and do the same thing every, th every day over and over and over again. That led me to the point of thinking, I have got a major fucking problem here. And I enjoyed the mechanism of being an addict and restricting. Like I, That's why OA was perfect for me. And I remember when somebody said to me, you should go to OA. In fact, it was my boyfriend at the time. I'll always be eternally grateful to you, Ryan. Thank you. for saying. And I was like, I don't want well, Overeaters Anonymous. I was like, uh, what? I'm the opposite. I'm mm. the opposite of that. That's not going to work for me. But in that moment when I stepped in and we all started sharing, I realized that Whatever addiction you have, whether it's binging, overeating, you know, alcoholism, narcotics, sex, the mechanic of it is all the same, but it's how we dress it up in society that um, is, it, you know, it makes it different. Like, for example, if you're a boozer and you're boozing, and you're going out and you're a party girl, X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 it, you know, you can kind of get away with it for a really yeah. long time. It's almost glorified as well, I think. You know, yeah. like definitely glamorized it for is, sure. It's, it's, it's glamorous. But Kat, I, I sort of grew up in a similar like sort of household where, you know, my mum, my nan, my auntie, in fact, we still do. Every yeah. time we see each other, we don't get shit faced, but we drink a, a lot. Like that's the way that, you know, that's kind of the way it is. And I think, I mean, not just in my family, but like, you know, on social media, we make jokes about downing a bottle of wine, you know, in the kitchen. Um, you know, we make jokes about, you know, get, getting shit faced and having a hangover. And there is this whole thing about, especially with alcohol, that it's kind of accepted. Yeah. And we've kind of think of these things as, as normal behavior, like binge, especially our generation, binge drinking. Binge like drinking. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those weird things because, I, you know, I come up against a lot of people that are like, alcohol's really glamorized. That's the problem that wine o'clock vibe with mums, that's the problem. And what I had to realise is that 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 wasn't the problem. In fact, alcohol wasn't the problem. I was the problem. Because there mm. are loads of people who can drink alcohol in a really moderate and responsible way. 
I am not one of those people for whatever reason. Um, And so for my own recovery, I have to stop myself blaming the glamorization of alcohol and and advertising Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it, because I have to recognize that at the end of the day, the problem is in me. And that, however you perceive that, maybe that's about, some people perceive it as like a biological problem, like almost an allergy. Some people perceive it as a mental, whatever it is, it's me and I have to deal with what's inside me. And that's what's going to stop me drinking. And if I decide to pick up a drink, it won't be because I've seen an advert for it. You could put me in a dark room and tell me that there is a bottle of you know pinot noir and a wrap of gear hidden in there somewhere and i will hunt that shit down was was cocaine a problem for you like have you have you spoken about that yeah so cocaine was a problem and it was a problem because um all the really serious consequences that happened to me happened during blackout and so this is how my addict brain worked i was like well the problem's not drinking the problem is that i black out and then i'm really vulnerable so what can I do to help that? I know I'll do a load of Coke. And that sort of stopped me getting sloppy. It stopped me blacking out. And bonus, I could drink more for longer. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, now I can't sleep. What should I do? I know I'll take a Xanax. And I thought I was the smartest person in the room. I was like, I've got this shit sorted out. Like I can do exactly what I want and I can wake up in the morning and I would have a hangover, but it was like a I always found the Coke hangover easier because that was emotional rather than the booze alcohol, which was physical and I just couldn't move. Right. So it became a problem. And that sort of started very much on nights out and socially. And then towards the end, I would find myself doing two bottles of wine and then going upstairs and doing some Coke while I was on my own just to stop me getting sloppy so I knew I could get through the next day. And it's times like that when I was just like, this is the progression of this disease. You know, I'm sat here going, I'm not that bad. You're doing coke at home on your own. Like this, it's not cute anymore. Yeah, it's not cute. Wow, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. What sort of impact did that have like on your, I guess, on your home life? Like were your friends picking up on this, your husband? Like was anyone sort of talking to you? I mean, friends wise, addicts are really clever at surrounding themselves with people who aren't going to question their drink. You know, we surround ourselves with people who drink like us. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're addicted in any means, but I'm not you know, I don't have a whole bunch of friends. Well, I do now, actually. But I don't. I didn't have a whole bunch of friends that would leave like half a glass of wine at dinner, like that. They weren't my people. So my friends, I sort of used and surrounded myself with. No, I didn't use them, but I surrounded myself with them, so that I didn't have to question my drinking, so that it was all yes. very normal. Mm. Um, family, yes, my husband really struggled uh, with it, but again you know, I wasn't drunk on the school run. I wasn't, so it was very difficult for him to kind of verbalize it, but he had dealt with that in his own way. So he sort of had to manage that and realize that he needed to look after himself and stop worrying about controlling my drinking, counting my drinks, all of that stuff. So he very much distanced himself from me, which I thought was great because it was like, now he's not getting at me for my drinking, but actually it was creating real, you know, real distance between us. Um, and in fact, it was my dad who just before I quit, I was going up and down to Devon to help look after them because my dad had had an operation. My mum has Parkinson's, so she couldn't manage it. And I was driving up and down, up and down, up and down between my family and them. And my dad said, you're drinking a lot. And I said, oh, it's just because I'm here without the kids. You know, I'm just while I can, mm. I'm just, you know, relaxing. But it really did kind of hit me. Uh, yeah. Although I didn't admit it at the time, obviously I was like, oh, shut up, it's fine. Um, 
And then actually the, the final sort of rock bottom was when I was down in Devon at my parents. I was sleeping on the couch and um, I was waking up at 4 a.m. with panic attacks. And it's kind of ironic because that's quite a high rock bottom. You know, I didn't end up in jail or, or anything like that. I didn't lose my kids, which is what a lot of people, you know, get to. Mm. Um, and I'd had some really serious consequences previously, but they'd not been enough to stop me. And in the end, it was sort of serious panic attacks when I just realized I can't continue like this and look after my parents, myself and my family. Yeah. Um, it's going to break me. And that was kind of where it ended for me. It's interesting because the 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 you touched on your husband and the relationship that you guys had and what he was kind of having to deal with and the issue with addicts is that they're also really clever with kind of masking it and defensiveness mm. and anger and firing back and projection and gaslighting and, stuff. So, and yeah. gaslighting and I think actually you know without going into too much details like I you know I've seen that behavior very very close close up and they they have an idea about what time they're coming home for example and then you know I'm on my way and then that doesn't happen and then before you know it, it's four o'clock in the morning they're absolutely fucking out of control and then the whole thing blows up and then you feel like it's your fault as a you know as your husband having to manage that there's a lot of anger projected you know f from the addict because you're also highlighting their behavior um yeah. and you know I, I think we actually put up with quite a lot of that like I don't know. I know that I've been in periods of my life where I've been going into work and just feeling like absolute dog shit and thinking, oh, this is absolutely fine because, you know, I've had a bit, bit of a session with my friends and X, Y, and Z. And it's like, we, we actually sometimes need that, that highlighted to us in the face as hard as it is to see. It's like you, that, that behavior and how you are around your kids and how you are with your friends and the, you know, the relationship that you have with your partner, it just all gets too much. Yeah. You know, it all gets too much. And also, it's really interesting you say that about coming home at night because that was classic me. You know, I'm just going out f for lunch. I'll be back yeah. for pickup. Never. Never was I back for pickup. Um, and Jimmy, I remember when I was sober and I was going out or something and I said, I'm not going to be late. And he was like, do you know what? I know you're not. He said, and that is mind blowing to me because every single time you've always said, I'm not going to be late. I just know it's going to be six in the morning. He said, but now I, I can trust that and I know you're going to be home. And let me tell you, being home at midnight, first of all, being able, being able to drive to an event or a party, <laughs> yeah. fucking brilliant. You can listen to a podcast like a mini holiday. Coming back at midnight, getting into bed and waking up the next morning, I, if you could bottle that shit, you'd make a fortune. It is joyful. Mm. And you've still had a good time. Like I've still had a really great time. My grandma used to say nothing good happens after midnight. She's so right. She's yeah. so right. And I've still had a good time. I've come home. I'm not in pieces. And my husband doesn't hate me. I'm not a cow to my kids. And I'm not yeah. beating myself up yeah. relentlessly inside going, you are a shit human. Did you guys have to do therapy together? Well, we did. I mean, we did tons of therapy before I even addressed the whole alcoholic thing. Um, and that completely changed our relationship. A lot of that was to do with the first year of being a mum. I really struggle. And it breaks my heart to say this, but I, I sort of say it because I think it's important. You know, that first year was probably the worst year of my life because I found that transition to motherhood so, so difficult. And I know not everybody does, but a lot of people do. And I found it so hard and I felt like I couldn't speak to anybody. My husband was home for the first month and then he went on tour for seven months. Um, 
I had postnatal depression. I didn't have anybody nearby. My drinking definitely ramped up during that year. Um, and we never really dealt with that as a couple. And so four years later, it all kind of came to a head when I was like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. And we went to therapy and thank God we did because it absolutely changed, like transformed our relationship. What sort of things, I guess, did you address and how did you like overcome everything that had been built up over those that you know, those Do you know, years? I think it's so funny. Everything comes down to resentments, right? And yeah. it's and even addiction, you know, it's all about resentments. And I had so many resentments to Jimmy for being away all the time, for not trying to understand that I wasn't just, I wasn't a shit mum. I was just really struggling mentally. He had so many resentments for me because I couldn't hold it together. Why couldn't I just mum like all the other mums? I was drinking a lot. Um, And we really had to address that. And, you know, we had, we had, we also had to unpick this myth that we're sold as kids that marriage is a certain thing. You know, marriage is like, rampant sex on the kitchen tables as soon as the kids have gone to bed or it's like flowers and gushing romance and all this bullshit and it's just not that and yes at first it's amazing and it's all those butterflies but that doesn't last and that's not a bad thing what it's replaced with is true for us like true connection a very quiet deep understanding where I know now I didn't but there was a long time I didn't but I know now that he is always on my team like yeah. he I, I can say my deepest darkest things to him and we we recognize that holding those resentments and not saying it and trying to rely, rely on telepathy because that I don't know if you know it's not generally a really form of communication it's not a thing oh well, not even a thing. when you're like slamming doors and yeah, stuff no, still apparently doesn't it's get not. I know <laughs> It's like Who a game knew? of charades, isn't it? It's like, I slam the door, now guess what the fuck I mean, yeah? yeah you go, exactly. you go. Shoving the plates in the dishwasher so they get clanged together. I thought yeah. that yeah. worked every Especially time, the but... plates that they've left on the counter just above the dishwasher. They're yes. my favourite plates. And that was you. the thing. It was like, the therapist was like, but this isn't about the plates, is it? I was like, it is about the plates. Just put them in the fucking washer. She's like, it's not. It's because he doesn't, you feel like he's not keeping you in mind. And I was like... Yeah. you're so good at your job yeah. and do you know what honestly that one sentence was such a game changer for me and now when we have an argument I don't go how dare you put the bloody plates on top of it I go I'm feeling a bit like you're not keeping me in mind and he's like I get it sorry and it's just changed our whole way of mm. communicating in a way that's more like I feel I rather than you 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 it's been game changing. So I'm glad we did that because I think that really helped us navigate the alcohol sobriety thing with more tools. But yeah, I mean, it's not easy, is it? This whole like adulting, no. parenting, no. relationship up. thing. It's not oh, at all. Not. I, I did something this week that I haven't done for eight years and that was get on a plane on Monday. I thought you were going to say have sex. I was like, well, that's marriage for you, isn't it? No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's something I don't struggle with, actually. Um, but being alone, right. oh no, <laughs> not so smug now, I am. Um, um, but being alone is something that I haven't haven't done for myself for the last eight years. And I just decided on Sunday to book a flight to Ibiza and go. And I went to stay with my best mate and I had three nights away. And I basically just checked out of work, mum, wife mode adulting and I basically was just alone and I spent the majority of the time sitting on a sun lounger I was staying with my best mate she was working all the time and I was just looking at palm trees just blowing in the wind going to make drinks 
having a bit of food. And I thought, fuck me. I don't even know what I love anymore. I don't even know what I like. One of our other mates was like, so, you know, what do you do outside of um, work and parenting? And I was like, absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I thought, no, I'm not going to, because it's impacting my relationship. It's, it's, it's bringing more resentment yeah. because I'm like, well, you take yourself off and go and play golf or you go off and do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, why don't I do that? Why as women and as mothers, do we not say, I tell you what, it's your turn to have them on Saturday mornings now. You can do what the fuck you want with them. I'm going off to do X, Y, and Z, like hobbies yeah. and stuff like that. That is, for me, the biggest driver of resentment because I'm having to hold everything together whilst they're off having a good time. And I'm like, well, I could do that. And yeah. I did it this yeah, week. Yeah, why can't and it's I so do it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? I would say having been in doing, and I hate to be one of these people that's like, well, now I've done the steps and I'm like yeah, so enlightened. <laughs> like for me, I 100% agree. But what I realized is that I was actually not asking for that stuff. And men yeah. are really good at asking for the stuff. You know, men get yeah. higher salaries because they get offered a job and they don't just go, oh, that's great. I'll take that salary. Thanks so much. They go, yeah, don't yeah, want to offend job, anyone. Can I have some yeah. more money? I want to negotiate the salary. So they, yeah. they are good at asking for what they want. And I was terrible and I was relying on telepathy. I was waiting for him to say, oh, I can tell that you're struggling. Why don't you go to Ibiza for three nights? Yep. That's not going to happen. So I just was, so now I'm like, he's, I am very clear. I'm like you, Zoe, I, I need my time and I don't feel guilty about it because he is a parent as well and he's away for a lot of it. So when he's back, I will go away or I'll hang out with friends or I'll go to the gym or I'll take a day and I'll leave him to do all the school run and all the breakfast and I'll yep. be at the gym and I'll swim or I'll whatever, go into yep. town or go to an art gallery because I'm sick of being made to feel guilty for this. My kids know that they are loved. They do not need me around all the time. And frankly, if they have me around all the time, they hate me and I hate them. So, you know, I, it's Everyone just bullshit. We, uh, and I get trolled all the time for saying, you know, oh, Jimmy took them away at half time. I'd taken them on two holidays away this year by myself. Uh, Jimmy'd been working or rehearsing or whatever. He takes them away for five days at half term without me because he's like, you could do with a break. The trolling I got for like, You're joking. like all this, all this, oh, her poor husband. <gasps> She just uses him, all of this stuff. And I was like, fuck 
off. I'm so over it. I don't care. It it, it that That's blows outrageous. my mind. It blow that completely blows my mind. In fact, I, I was thinking, well, I have booked a holiday for the end of August, so my husband can't come on it. And um, I, I was like, do you know what? Would you like to take the kids away by yourself? Like, would you would you do that? And he was like, yeah, of course I would. And yeah. even me, like. And I know that he'd obviously could do that. I, it had never crossed my mind that he would do that or he or would want, want to do to. that. But why do I feel like that? It's I know. Just, it's That's so weird. You have to check yourself. Like, I don't think anything of me, like booking a holiday for the kids and saying, oh, okay, you can't come because you're busy working. But I think I would never imagine or would never have thought he would want to do that. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that yeah. so Jimmy weird? Said, Jimmy said, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, it's going to be great. We're going to have a really good time. And he booked it all himself. Um, you know, there were there was that thing where I was like, "Have you booked it yet?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm doing." It. I was like, a week later, yeah, but have have you booked? Have it? Have you booked it? And he's like, now. "Okay, I'll yeah. do it today." And I was like, "Oh God, okay, fine." <laughs> but he did book it, and he did it, and he went off. And I think we do. You know, I think we have to take some responsibility. I think we have a lot of learned behavior from our parents where Great our mums really mollycoddled our dads and did all the cooking and the cleaning and did a lot of that like sarcastic eye rolling about the dads and all the rest of it. And I think I have to work to kind of shed that a little bit and yes, and not be the person that complains that they don't do anything, but then martyr myself and do everything without asking for help or without expressing my wants and needs. Um, and so, I, you know, again, that was therapy. We worked through that quite a lot, but we are, you know, I'm really proud to say, I think we are very much as far as we can be when we're away a lot, you know, 50-50. And I'm very lucky that Jimmy is really up for that really responsive to that and um because I know a lot of a lot of men aren't and yeah yeah and that's really hard there's not much that you can do if they're refusing to meet you halfway I guess that's just learned behavior as well isn't it and it's like about I'm um, like breaking that cycle of what they've learned from the men in their yeah. lives and what they see on tv and and I guess all of their influences around them but we also need to empower them we also need to empower them to have that time and to feel that they firstly can do it should do it would what you know want to do it all that kind of stuff and that has to come from us stepping back and Georgia I'm talking to me and you because we ha- historically have been the person that's kind of done the majority oh, of the yeah. work I would say still do I'm in the 50 household absolutely but I think just just we do just just by the sex that we are so I think actually it was such a good learning curve for me to see it this week I came back there was a really tight ship being run at home you know, all the school runs done, everything, all the dinners, they weren't emotionally, they weren't whining, there was laughter in the house. It was like, I was a bit like, fuck, I could just move to Ibiza and never come back. <laughs> no. I'll do this more often, steps back outside the house. We back carry this mental load, right? And it's, again, I think it's learned behavior, but we're really good at like keeping in our heads all those little things that need to happen, like changing the beds, buying the birthday presents, writing the thank you cards to great Auntie Doris, all of those things. And I've started writing them down now and I now put a name next to them. That's and what I, go, I do. I've got go, a joint I'll do list. That. I'll do that. Yeah. Jimmy, 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 Billy, Bo, you know, and I give them their stuff and I'm like, this is a list. Knock yourself out. And I have to admit that so much of my resentment came from an ex, well, they, what is it? They say an, a, a resent, an expectation is a resentment waiting to happen. And it was that I expected something from Jimmy that I hadn't really communicated or I expected something from the kids or whatever that I hadn't communicated. And then when it didn't happen, I was really resentful. Mm. And I was like, there has to, I have to start communicating rather than just relying on this tele- telepathy and expectation that they should just know because 
They just don't. And that's okay. Did you think at one point that your relationship was going to be kaput? Oh, yeah. I sat, sorry, I sat him down. I came in one day and I had um, rented a flat down the road from a friend. Uh, I'd given a three-month rent. Thank God she was a friend. She gave it back to me in the end. But um, And I sat down with Jimmy and I said, right, completely out of the blue as far as he's concerned because he was like, everything will be fine. And I said, uh, so I think we should separate. And don't worry, I've got a typical me. So I've got it all sorted. I've rented a, a flat, so we're going to bird's nest. So when I'm with the kids, I'll be in the house and you can be in the flat. And then we'll swap. So the kids stay in the same place. It'll be perfect. Don't worry, you know, not a problem. Jimmy was like, uh, sorry, what? And I was like, yeah, this has to happen. And that was when he was like, can we go back to therapy one more time? And I was like, oh, no. But then I thought to myself, do you know what? I want to be able to look my kids in the eye and say, we did everything we could. Mm -hmm. We tried everything. And if he can turn around to them and say, look, I wanted to go back to therapy one more time, but your mum wouldn't, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't live with that. So yeah. we went back and thank God we did. Cause that was, that was the game changer. And I think I stopped like cheating at therapy as well. You know, Jimmy addicts seek out people who are quite codependent because we like them because they worry more about our feelings and their feelings. And they let us basically do what we want to do because they're too afraid to say no. Um, and I think I, previously in therapy, I'd allowed Jimmy to kind of take the blame for everything. And I mean, don't get me wrong, he's got his fucking issues. So it it wasn't like out of nowhere. But I was like, yeah, see, it's all his fault. This is the problem. And then when we went back to therapy for the last time, I had to concede that maybe, <laughs> maybe I wasn't as perfect as I thought I was. Yeah, slight and, chance. And yeah. had to deal with that stuff. So that's kind of when it it really worked for us. Yeah. And that's did really, you sort amazing. of, you mentioned that he said that saying to you, oh, you know, I'll see you later. And he knows that he will actually see you later and you yeah. will be home. was such a huge thing for him. Was it really difficult, I guess, in therapy, hearing him talk to you about your addiction and how it impacted him? Yeah, I mean... It- he didn't, as I, I mean, as I say, we did the therapy run before I was willing to admit that I had any problems or that alcohol was even an issue. And also my husband doesn't drink. He's not sober. He's just never, he's just never really drunk. So I was always, it was always a very difficult conversation for us to have because I could always go, well, you don't even drink. You don't get it. Like, how can I be wrong if I'm out with 16 other people that are drinking like I am yeah. and you're the one here telling me I'm not? Like, that's the gaslighting, right? That's me going, yeah. you're crazy. Um, and so we didn't really talk about it in therapy, but obviously we've talked about it since in a kind of therapy style way between us. And he's incredibly supportive. He's done a lot of work on himself. So he understands the addict now rather than just hates her, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've been able to do it. And I'm working through the steps. I'll get to step nine and I'll have to make my amends to him. Um, and that will be another chance for us to do it. But you know, those steps that you do, and you will have done them in OA, you do mm. them in all the yep. um, anonymous fellowships. Uh, yep. They're adjusted for certain things. But the steps are so I, – I feel like everybody should just do the steps anyway. I agree. Like I don't think people – I had absolutely no idea what those steps were and what they were about. And, I mean, I knew that you had to sort of make amends, but I didn't really understand. And actually, it's such a 
therapeutic process for you to deal with your own shit. It's that because that first step is admitting you're the problem, right? Admitting you're powerless over alcohol. And once you've done that, you have to get down to the bottom of what that problem is and where that problem comes from. And so, yes, it helps me with my addiction, but I found that it really helps me with my parenting. It helps me with my friendships. It's helped me with my belief in myself and work and all of that stuff. It's been transformative and I'm only on step four, five. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I found that, but I don't want to be one of those people that gets all evangelical about it because they're idiots, you know, just it's worked for me. No, 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 no. And it's amazing to hear you talk about it as well, like so openly and so bravely it, yeah bravely yeah. and it, it's yeah. you know you're, you're saying you're at step four or five and I can't imagine what you're going to be like when you get to you know step nine and and how yeah. much you're going to have I just overcome want people I just I just know that there are so many women especially and mums because let's face it having a kid becoming a parent for the first time is like the perfect breeding ground if you are prone to addiction you know there's isolation there's uh fear uh there's a need to control you know it's a perfect breeding ground for new for new parents to slip into addiction if that's the way that they are kind of programmed. And I just know that there are so many people struggling and they're not in a place where they feel they can ask for help or accept that they've got a problem because they just think that an alcoholic has to look a certain way. Yes. And the reality is if your alcohol is affecting you, the people around you, your mental health, not necessarily to a massive awful degree, and you can't stop doing it. I think that's alcoholism. And I don't believe in, this is a very personal opinion. I'm sure it'd be controversial. I don't believe in problem drinking. I don't believe in gray area drinking. I think all of those things allow us, allow those people, allow people who have problems to not fully embrace the problem. And I don't believe in moderation drinking if you're an addict, you know, and that's just me. And that's why I want to say, hi, my name's Kat and I'm an alcoholic because I just want that stigma and that shame to be chipped away at because it's stopping yep. so many people from getting the help that they need. And it's there, it's yeah. there and it's free and it's the most welcoming, judgment-free, like, in a, you know, we all work in quite a public platform and we have to be very careful about what we say, how we say it. You know, we're very clear about we don't want to offend anybody and all of this. And that's great. But what AA has done for me is provide me with a truly safe space to disclose my deepest, darkest fears and flaws. Yeah. And that is a fucking gift to me. You know, that is a gift. And I can say anything in that room. And I've heard people say all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's accepted and it's not judgment. no judgment. Yeah, exactly. There's no yeah. judgment and because we've all got those war stories and it, that has been such a gift in itself. So I guess anybody listening, if they are feeling that they are identifying any of the sort of behaviour patterns that you've been speaking about mm. and they're feeling like they need help, what, what sh what's the first step? What should they do? Who should they chat to first of all? I mean, listen, I have had so many people come to me on Instagram and just say, I'm really struggling. I've taken so many people from Instagram to like online meetings, um, that they, cause they were too scared. It's really just, I, I, first step is just like, let's forget about what that word alcoholism means. Let's just, if you feel like you need help, I cannot recommend AA enough, but there are also tons of other programs out there and you have to find what works for you. But you know, until we shed this shame, people won't ask for help. Mm, yeah. So I guess just there's some great quitlet out there. Claire Pooley's The Sober Diaries is great. Um, Laura Mc 
Kewen's uh, We Are the Luckiest is also wonderful. I started there just reading those books and kind of slowly hearing other people tell their stories really made it easier for me to accept yep. yeah, that there was brilliant. a problem. So definitely start there. Okay, I love that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, AA, I would also say, oh, wait, I mean, having both of us done, you know, done doing the work, I think it's a really safe space. I think a lot of people have maybe some preconceived ideas about what they're going to, uh, what they can expect. Obviously, in the room, it's quite full on, you know, with sharing and stuff. And obviously, again, people... It, it is it is a religious like it, it's a religious group isn't it but it no, are- so it's it's not they do use the word god but it's not based on any specific yeah. religion it's very spiritual and and they're very clear i think that you're right the word god puts a lot of people off and i think yes. um, they're very very clear that we use god in the way that we do or do not understand him so essentially it's really your higher power right so the point is i can't do this I need to be able to hand this over. I need to be able to ask yeah. for help from something. Yeah. What is your higher power? For some people, that is God. For some people, it's Allah. For some people, it's the rooms themselves, the people in the rooms. Mm. For yep. me, it's the universe. Like I've always manifested and done that. So I always speak to the universe as yeah. my higher power. Could be yeah. your dead granny's ghost. It, you know, whatever it is, whenever you hear the word God, just think of your own higher power. So it's not religious. It does have some like, I guess some people write it off as a bit of a cult. I guess it is, but you know, there are elements of that. it, but it, I, I didn't feel that. And to be honest, if it's a cult, it's a cult that works. And it's worked since the 1930s and it's free. And I do always feel a little skeptical of people and organizations that want to monetize recovery yeah. um, mm. when there is a perfectly tried and tested, amazing system. Yeah. And do you in go in person or do you do it on Zoom? Both. So that's the other thing. So Zoom, I started on Zoom and that's, I think that's great. And Zoom meetings are continuing post pandemic. And I think it's really good for people because it's a less intense way. It's a way of like dipping your toe in. Yeah. But I love an in-person meeting. Like they yeah. are my favorites. I go to a really great one in Soho. I've got a local one, one in Chelsea. Um, they are brilliant. And I've made so many amazing friends. Have yeah. you? So many wonderful, wonderful women and men, but mostly women that I probably wouldn't be sober without. Mm. Um, so those in-person meetings are brilliant. I always end up crying at some point. We them. told your kids about, how old are your kids? Eight and five. So yeah, I've because they were very much like mummy's favorite drink is wine. I mean, they yeah. were <laughs> Um <laughs> She you likes know. to have it at breakfast too. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Mummy, what's that? Yeah, so they I they know I don't drink anymore. We kind of talk to them about addiction in a very appropriate way because it is there is hereditary links and Jimmy isn't an alcoholic, but he definitely has addictive traits. Yeah. And yeah. I do too. And so I don't want them to be blindsided, but yeah. I want them to be aware that they may have a potential for addiction and that you know, I'm not going to shame it. We're going to normalize that and we're going to yep. make it okay. Before we go, uh, we always like to ask our guests the best piece of advice that they've ever been given or the piece of advice that they want to give a new parent. Can I do two quick ones? Yeah, sure. Okay. First one is always remember that parenting is 49% the worst thing you've ever done and 51% the best thing you've ever done. And like keeping it like that just helps you <laughs> keep it all I in perspective. Um, and the second thing is just trust your gut. I think parenting has been monetized. Uh, by telling us that we don't know what we're doing. There's sleep books, there's how to eat, feed books, dress them books, do this, don't do this, all the rest of it. You have everything in you to know what you're, what's right for your baby and what's not. And, you know, you hear these stories all the time of, oh, I went to the doctor and they said there was nothing wrong, but I knew there was something wrong. Like that is there in us. As mums, we do have an instinct. So 
listen to advice politely, think about Love Island while you're doing it, and then go and do what you want to do. That's what I would say. Think about those teeny weeny shorts <laughs> and the cancer more is on its way very soon. It's on its way, I'm so excited. It's on its way, I know, me too. (laughs) And just before we go, we love a product recommendation. So any products that you're loving right now for you or the kids? So um, for new mums, I would say, first of all, I don't really do baby products or anything like that. Sobriety, the the books are there. That's great, do that. Um, There's a sleep mask called Drowsy, which is ridiculously expensive. It's like 50 quid for it, but it's silk. And I swear to God, it's the best thing you'll ever buy. If you are on the hunt for better sleep, I cannot recommend that product enough. It's this big, puffy, silky thing Ooh, and it velcros off. I swear to God, it's the most luxurious thing. You use it camping, airplanes, nap, afternoon nap. <laughs> um, so definitely that. But also, uh, is this a really good segue for me to plug my own book? Talk about it now. She got a book out. I mean, funny you should ask, Zoe. <laughs> First time you smiled or was it just wind? Basically, it's a baby record book. You know those baby record books you normally get and they're all pink and blue and bunnies and yeah. they always yeah. only, they're really non-inclusive because they always assume that a man and a woman have put a penis in a vagina and had a baby Yeah, and they don't even cater to like same-sex parents or single parents mm. or adoptive yeah. parents, anything like that. So this, I've written this with a view to making it really, really inclusive, but also it's as much for the kit, for the parents as it is for recording the stuff. So there's, there's bits in there that I hope kind of make you laugh, make them, make parents feel seen and understood, but also, you know, if you've got it in you, you can fill it in as well. It, but even if you don't have the wherewithal to fill it in, in those first few months at least you can read it and get yeah. some really lovely stuff out of it so that's really nice yeah Love available that. now beautiful where do we get it well amazon. amazon and i know people hate amazon and i do get it but that's that really helps authors i've heard like amazon is where it's all it at. does it so does that would be great um but i do believe it's stocked in some waterstones and other independents so you might see it knocking about but amazon is your absolute guarantee it's funny you should bring that that out and talk about this because the other day um I found I it's the only sort of weird like kind of things that I've kept of the kids you know like some pa- parents really really go for it that's not me I'd be like oh, let's just get rid of it but then we found Luna found it the other day and she was like oh what's this box with these these little uh, drawers cardboard drawers and I was like oh look let's open it there's a fucking two umbilical cords in there and Luna was like <laughs> What are they? And I was like, oh my God, they're your umbilical cords. And they look cords. like pepperami skin now, don't they? Yeah, Kit, Kit said, is that sausage? <laughs> and I was like, Dude, no, that's his favourite food. So at that point I thought, well, he's going to try and eat this. And I was like, don't put it in your mouth. Right and kept their, they'd kept their baby bracelets, you know, the... Um, oh, the hospital ones. Yeah. I don't even know what they're called, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then the umbilical cords. So yeah, yeah, maybe I could stick them in your book. I remember... Um, Jimmy's dad, when we were, fir- we were still only dating, we might've been engaged, but we were like still quite new. Um, he said, he said, I've got something to give you. And I thought, oh, oh. and he said, close it's your eyes and hold your hands up. Well, that's exactly where I went. I was like, it's like granny's old diamond earrings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, held my hands out and these things just dropped into my hand and I oh, opened God. it. And it was every single one of Jimmy's baby teeth. Oh, I know. <laughs> I just poured them all into my hand. And I swear I was like, Hoo! And just, I can't, do you know what's even worse? I think Jimmy's still got them in his bedside table, you know? Yeah, but also that's whole, that's Jimmy's whole childhood shattered because the tooth, doesn't the tooth fairy just take them off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You lying bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder we've all got trust issues. Kat, it's been such a delight to um, chat to you today. Thank you. I, I'm like super, super proud of you because I've seen you 
um, there. And I've also seen you here and um, you were a beautiful soul before, but I feel like there's something really courageous and authentic about you now. And it's real. It's a real, real joy to see. So thank you for coming on and talking to us. Thank about you so it. much. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, it really, it means a lot that you kind of give me a space to talk about it. So I really appreciate that. Anytime. Let's go for a cup of peppermint tea whenever you want. Oh, you know, a Virgin Mary. I can do a Virgin Mary. Bye, darling. Told you. Didn't we Didn't we tell everyone it's going to be amazing? And it really was, wasn't it? So, so good. I mean, it, uh, it's going to have me questioning everybody that drinks alcohol now, though. Like, genuinely. You become one of those because, people. No, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not going to be questioning them outwardly. Just in, in my head, you know. I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> like, it, do you know what? I do, I do think certain people have addictive personalities. And, and some people don't, right? And it... <sighs> It's scary how something so normal and so, you know alcohol, you know it's everywhere. It's in the supermarket. Yeah. It's it's part of our culture. It's it's globally part of everyone's culture, really, isn't it? Um, it can just not work for some people, and there's not really a warning that says you know if you're an addictive person. That it, Probably best it, not. It can spiral, yeah. like it can spiral, yep. and without you even realizing. And also, as well, like the way she was sort of saying that she was saying, "Oh, I was having two bottles of wine at home by myself, and then in order to stop myself from being really drunk, I'd go upstairs, do, do a couple of light, yeah, yeah, exactly, and then mm. I'd think that was all right, and I was really clever. And what she's a soup, like really intelligent woman, and like talking about it now, she can see how crazy that is. Mm. But at the time, she thought that was fine, <laughs> and she thought yeah. that was like, just normal. That is the scary part that when you're in it, you don't even realise that it's that it's not right that that scares me yeah and and you know they say that the first part of your recovery is admitting that you've got a problem and actually mm. it doesn't matter how many people highlight it to you i remember people you know my nearest and dearest saying to me you've got an eating disorder you've got a problem and i'd be like get away from me you don't know what you're talking about you don't have a clue like i would be so angry and yelling at them all the time just being like back off and i'd try and cut people out of my life if i thought they were highlighting it same for alcoholics, same for, yeah. you know, drug addictions. Until you're all ready to stand there and say, do you know what, I've got a problem here. Nobody can touch you. So the yeah. fact that she's come out the other side, I mean, I remember seeing her, as she said, about six weeks into, you know, into her being sober. And I, in my head, I was thinking, just don't know. Like, the only time I've ever seen her was when she was kind of at a party, you know, ha- you know, t- 10 margaritas in. So it's like, yeah. but I am so proud of her. I mean, yeah. it's massive. It's a massive, massive, massive deal. And also I thought interesting that she said that everybody should do the 12 steps. I'm yeah. also a firm believer in this. I really do think that we are not putting enough back into ourselves. We're not, we're, we're so, we're so busy running around doing stuff for our children, doing stuff for our partners, doing stuff for our careers that we're just at the bottom of the pile constantly. Whereas the 12 steps just make you feel like actually you need to work on you and it's okay to want to and people actually if you go in there and say I need a bit of help suddenly you get this space to work on yourself and people want you to work on yourself yeah and also she was saying as well like it's free like it's a free resource you know if you have got a problem like a you know a genuine problem it's a Mm. free resource and it's a really supportive space because everybody who is there is there for a reason and they're putting themselves out there and it's not going to be easy for anybody to step into those meetings no for sure um 
yeah I've got I mean yeah I, I can't stop thinking about it actually yeah, just it's amazing. how incredible she, how long is it now Does she, I can't remember how long she seven said. months it's not that long it's not that long is it mm. and yet she seems so far away from where she was yeah brilliant so if anything that we've been talking about today has affected you uh, we're going to pop some resources in the show notes for you as well but of course our DMs are always open as well and I'm sure Kat would love um, a message from you um, if you need any advice or any help with anything that we've chatted about today and also please if you do have time rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a little follow as well yeah that would be great and if there are any topics that you'd like us to cover like this like this one today then please do drop us a DM we're on at Made by Mummers on Instagram and we'll be back on Friday Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason Insanity Group Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.